Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, the University of Miami women's basketball team off to a 7-0 start for the third time under head coach Katie Meyer. And they've held teams below 50 points in four of the seven games. And Coach Meyer picked up win number 350. 350 wins at the University of Miami and a very big congratulations, Katie. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Joe? Very good. Thank you. Um, 350 wins at the University of Miami. Um, That's a nice milestone. (laughs) Well, I mean, 18 plus years, you know, that's it's a nice milestone. It's just sometimes it's like the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. Uh, I think it's incredible. It's an incredible story. And uh, Josh Darrow and I often like to say, people will search around the country for, for the magic dust to win. And we go, well, just go over there and look at the basketball programs. Look at Katie Meyer's program. Look at Coach L's program. And uh, you see, see how to put something together. And you've done it for 18 years. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's um you know it's a special spot. I mean, the University of Miami. We're allowed to, um, you know, where we can go to recruit. There's just no limit. I mean, we're not a regional school. We're, we're not just a national school. We're an international university. And um, I think Coach L and I both. So it just starts from our staffs and the, and the people that we choose to be around every day. We both uh, are very happy individuals, very balanced individuals that care about family first and treat our players with respect and. Um, and our staffs mean everything to us. And I think, you know, that, that is a long uh, formula for success. And uh, I'm awful proud of what we're doing. Uh, you are, uh, I can say this, I don't think you're getting the, the poll respect that you deserve. But I'm going to make a bet that you're probably, since you went to the Elite Eight, probably getting the on-court respect. Uh, is there a target on you this year because you're an Elite Eight team? Yeah, you know, the 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 games where we're playing at home and we have a team that, you know, is excited to play Miami and, you know, you, you know our starters, um, you know, when you do the plus minus and you're trying to figure out what lineups are the best and everything else, our starters actually aren't the, the highest plus minus, but it's because the first five minutes of every game now, the other team, whether it's Colgate or Fordham or, you know, Jacksonville or Southern or even Mississippi State. I mean, that first five minutes of the game, they they know that they're playing an Elite Eight team, and we're getting their best shot. I mean, teams are playing out of their minds against us, um, and that's where I think our depth just kicks in, and um, and we, you know the game sort of turns in our favor. But in the first five minutes of every game, we've had a dogfight, and that's the respect that we've earned. 
you uh, have a unique date to play Friday nights uh, at home against DePaul. Uh, he played them a year ago. This should be a very challenging matchup, right? Yeah, that was honestly one of our worst losses last year. Uh, we felt good about it. We felt like we were primed to sort of get a statement win. And, you know, no one ever beats DePaul at home, but we really liked our team and we felt like it was a good matchup for us. And um, DePaul had two players that, I mean, with their eyes closed, off the glass, off the ceiling, off the whatever, they could have bounced the double bouncer and it would have gone in the bucket. And, you know, two players had over 30 against us, and I think you know how much I pride myself in uh, defense and, and our yeah. program is, you know, built on it. And um, for one player to get 30 is embarrassing enough, but two players got over 30 against us. And, you know, th- we we got to have a better defensive effort this year. It's going to be the same story. I mean, they're very talented, and they're certainly extremely talented on the offensive end in terms of, you know, they're averaging over 80 points a game. I do want to mention you went on the road uh, to an SEC school, Mississippi State, and Lord knows that is not an easy place to get to. And when you get there, there's not a lot there. So there's no. a lot of attention on their sports teams, and that's not an easy yeah. arena to play in. And they've had great success the last couple of years, and you went in there and beat them. Yeah, I mean, that's when you get the schedule and then the, you, know, you get handed the matchups to the ACC-SEC Challenge. Um, we knew we'd be away, or we felt very strongly that we would be away. Um, and so, you know, away, SEC, away game, no matter who it was going to be, is tough. But, I mean, gosh, to draw Mississippi State, which really they do have the potential on their roster. I mean, their roster probably has three to four WNBA players on it. Um, and, um, you know, we were lucky, uh, fortunate for us. They just had a couple of young ladies missing that aren't going to be long-term misses. But, um it certainly gave us a better opportunity to win the game, but still there's not one person who would have picked Miami winning that game at Mississippi state outside of our program. And uh, I thought that would get a lot of attention for us, um, you know, in terms of polls or whatever, but um, for my team, I just know that that was the best we played because we, we knew it was a big time game and we were pretty focused for 40 minutes. You went in there, they had over 5,000 fans in that joint. And yeah. You beat them 24-18 in the fourth quarter. And I think this is the, the part, maybe, I, uh, would you agree, this is this is part of the culture of your program, showing that late-game toughness. You did it a year ago, you did it the year before that, and you've done it this year. Yeah, with, with the you know new, new cast of characters, and I right. think I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know we would – perform like that i expected it from last year's team but that's one of those big question marks where you're really happy that you have a game like that um never in my wildest dreams i mean latasha Lattimore barely you know she was just back from injury and i have a lineup that's finishing the fourth quarter that if i could tell you i don't think practice together in a scrimmage setting ever and then they finish the game on the road sec you know z tosh lamaya shy like this is really new stuff and jazz roberts is a steady eddie but um with it it was shocking to me but that was the lineup that was working and they were very composed and very calm so it's just fun when you learn you know it's always fun to learn about your team whether it's good or bad but it's just amazing when you learn a positive that you were unaware of or couldn't have predicted so it was just a great effort you are averaging 33 points a game from your bench what kind of yeah. pressure does that put on your opponent? And also, what kind of lift does that give your team knowing that 
you're <laughs> you're getting that kind of production, the best production in the league. It's got to be a two-way go here, right? Lots of pressure on the opponent and also a huge lift yeah. for your own team. Right. Well, so the thing is, you know, being a starter is an honor um, in our program, um, but it doesn't define you as a necessarily the finisher. And um, I've always been very consistent with that. And I, I don't, I don't think starting's the greatest reward. I mean, sometimes you know it's better to be on the second page of the scouting report. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you know you got some really talented players that might not have as 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 balanced of a game, and maybe they can come in and do their thing um, while they watch a little bit. I mean, there's a lot to it, but I tend to script games. I mean, emotionally and mentally, I have a script for a game. I. Uh, you know, we don't we don't show all our cards in the first five minutes. We don't play every defense that we're going to play. We save defenses for after halftime that we don't show in the first half, so the coach can't adjust that halftime. Um, and then they got to adjust on the fly. You know, we try to get the other coach to call at least one or two for timeouts in the first half, so they can't really adjust in the second half. So there's a lot of with the depth that we have and the different looks that we can give. That is absolutely part of my philosophy. Uh, we've been coaching that way as a staff for a while now. You know, I always play 10. Well, I only have 10 at my disposal right now, and they all play considerable amounts, and they're all very valuable. So um, I wouldn't want to have the, the Miami scout if I was an assistant coach on another team because <laughs> th- you, you just don't know. You, you don't say, well, these five are going to play 30 minutes, and then this is the bench. I mean, the bench is sometimes playing more minutes than the starters, and, you know, the starting lineup can change, and, and it changes when we come out of halftime. So that's just who we are. And, and you know, if you're fair and you – really feel like you can just coach what you see that day, um, then you don't miss some of the you know opportunities where a player is, is ready to have a big game for you. Uh, you just said something really interesting, being fair, and you have an interesting collection. You have players that played for you on the Elite Eight team a year ago. You have recruits. You have transfer portal players. You're bringing them all together without apparently without drama. How do you do it? Well, you know, it, it's it's you got to listen. I don't I don't know how else to say it. I, I think I said something the other day, and it seems like such a shocking statement. And I was like, listen, when someone is new to your program, I mean, they used to be freshmen, so they had like a thousand adjustments, and then you could be like, oh, well, that's typical freshmen. They can't, you know, they don't know their game, or they haven't been exposed, or they don't understand, and all this other stuff. But you know, you bring in like a fifth year grad student. Right. And right. you can't say, oh, they're a freshman. You still have to understand that they are new and there's a learning curve. And it's not just on the player to adjust to the coach and the system. It is also on the coach and the coaching staff to listen, to see what that player needs so that they feel comfortable, that they can be the best version of themselves. We brought them all here for a reason. We must love them. So we need to, you know, figure out how to get inside and inspire and encourage and inflate um, rather than, you know, they come here, they felt good about themselves and they feel very, very uncomfortable. And then as a staff, you go, well, you know, you're not playing your game. I'm going to bench you. Well, you know what? I'm going to help you. I'm going to try to get you to where you can play your game because obviously I love your game. So, you know, that's a different, it's a different kind of thing. And um, when you're patient and you really communicate, um, you know, you get some nice, pleasant surprises. I mean, somebody like Lamaya Hilton, I mean, I could talk this whole show about how well she's playing. 
And I wouldn't have known that she had this in her, but she's very comfortable and she's very happy and she asks a lot of questions and she's doing great. I was going to say, you almost read my mind. You have uh, Cheyenne Day Wilson. She started one game. She's your second leading scorer. And Lamaya right. Hilton hasn't started any games. She's your third leading scorer. And both those players are shooting over 40% from three-point range. Well, yep. And, and you know, I'm not going to – I don't – whether they start or don't start or whether we make changes, and I'm sure we will, that's not it. It's just a matter of if a player understands – that they have value and that when they get an opportunity to, 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 you know, just you be you, go be you. Like, you're great. I think Cheyenne, I mean, the way she's moving that ball around and, and my system, when she's averaging more assists than, than I've had a, a guard average in a long time, and it's her first year, and she's coming off the bench, like you say. So there's a real special player right there that's going to have a great career for us. And and the same goes with Lamaya. And, I mean, Z's coming off the bench, too, and, She's a leading rebounder. I mean, I, I did all the analytics with him today. I had one-on-one meetings with him today. And um, some of our numbers are, you know, really, really good. And it's it's quite amazing. I think the negative is we're not taking care of the ball as well as we need to. And, and we got to shore that up. And so that will also have a lot to do with who gets the most minutes moving forward. Uh, I do find this very cool. So uh, we'll touch on this next week. And so I, I apologize for looking ahead. You have DePaul on Friday. But I think it is worth yeah. mentioning because we haven't had you on the show. You are gonna you're gonna go to San Antonio and play Baylor, yeah. and I just think it's really cool for your program that you're playing in such a premier event. Yeah, I was really happy. There were a couple of events that you know we're talking to about eight teams, and you know the Iowa's and the Virginia Techs and the the Texases and the Ohio States, but there was Miami in there as well, and it was a matter of which event was going to take what pairing and to be in that conversation and to, you know, of course my answer is always yes. You know, that tough game. Yeah, I'll take it. Where, where is it at? You know, um, we were maybe going to go to New York. We were maybe going to go here, you know, but it was nice. Um, we are at that level. We deserve to be in those conversations. And, and then at the time, you know, we didn't have much of a roster. We had lost a lot. We were waiting to see who we were going to pick up in the portal. And, um, and he wasn't sure, you know, that we'd have a respectable, you know, I knew the the ones I had were great, but I didn't know what else we'd get. And now it turns out it's a pretty smart move by them because I think, you know, this DePaul game's huge and the Baylor game's huge. And huge games early December are there. There's no pressure on them. You just, you know, unveil a little bit more and adversity introduces a, a team to itself. I used that quote this week. You know, adversity sometimes introduces a team to itself. Like, wow, we have this. Like, wow. You know, we're on the road. Wow. You know, so we're ready for whatever. We're still getting to know who we are. And um, these games will help us figure it out. Uh, This is our first show of the year. uh, And I haven't had a chance to ask you this um, since last year. And it just kind of occurs to me that um, I want to get your perspective on this for a moment. Because the only two people probably have lived through this. That would be you and me. Over 18 years, (laughs) you've seen it all. And... If you look back for one moment and reflect on what basketball at Miami accomplished, Elite Eight, Final Four, um, right. we could go, you and I could go all the way back to like, you know, days where games were in the night complex and we're doing yeah. a TV show with one camera and uh, nobody's yeah. going to a men's game or a women's game and you and I are talking basketball. And here we are 18 years later 
And now both programs are kind of the hunted. This is pretty cool. It's pretty amazing, and it's a real testament also to, and I'll say this every time I get asked it, that, you know, there's always the time when, you know, you could say, all right, we need to move on from this coach, you know, or, or uh, you know, you know, 500 in the league isn't good enough. Well, I got to tell you, 500 in the ACC is, is really great. And anything above that, you know, Miami really needs to be appreciative because um, there's just a misunderstanding, I think, sometimes what it really takes to sustain any type of a <laughs> – a 500 league record for years or above is insane. I mean, it's really hard to do. And, and so I think the fact that the people that mattered understood that and understood that years where even if you went six and eight, you know, two games under 500, um, you know, in any other league, you'd be in the top third. And so I think as long as people understood that and understood there was a pretty good product, um, the, those breakthrough moments are going to happen because players, fans, coaches, everybody needs, you just need some, some calm, um, sustained uh, confidence, vision, um, and really clear, um, you know, just cornerstones of what you're trying to do. And they need to be supported by everybody. And I think that I've been lucky in that sense. Well, congrats on 350. Big game on Friday night, Watsco Center, 7 o'clock, the Paul. Return visit coming into the Watsco Center, a Friday night game. So hopefully you get a nice crowd for that one. And uh, I look forward to talking to you next week prior to Baylor. Thanks so much, Joe. All right, Coach, take care. That's uh, Katie Meyer joining us on the show. Thanks to Jim Laranega, Don Bailey, the Pinstripe Bowl, Ruben Bain, Christian Watson, Danny Rabinowitz, We had a cast of thousands on this show here uh, tonight. And uh, tomorrow we'll join you from the Watsco Center on uh, 96.5 HD2 and also on uh, the Odyssey app. For Danny Garcia, I'm Joe Zagacki. Have a very pleasant good evening. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.